0: Daddy, lady, the book club of love. No, 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 no. Dear Elizabeth, this is Barbara Ann. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Barbara Ann. <laughs> what do you want? Welcome to Act Three of Daddy Ladies episode. On the Art of Seduction by uh, Monsieur Robert Green. Vera, do you have any twin sites for us? What are my twin sites for this week? Yes, Barbara and Duffy. Mm-hmm. Oh, golly, I mean, I've just I've been vice so much that I haven't had time to think. I'm sorry, what? I've been I've been vice Uh, I'm not familiar with that You're term. With vi- you you don't know about vice No, did we mention that in the last act? I don't remember. No, well, I mean, it's kind of a new thing that I thought of this week, so I'm not sure that I don't think we mentioned it. Oh well, because the twin site is something to do with last week's episode. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was inspired to um, twin vent vice exercising because I had talked about excessively daydreaming. Yes. Which is a vice because it makes your brain mushy. Okay. So what is? Well, so I'm like, how do I stop daydreaming so much? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can do a vice reward system where if I don't do this thing that's bad. I'm going to allow myself to do this other thing that's bad. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So if I don't daydream for a whole day, I get to eat something that's rich in cholesterol. Okay, cool. Because you have high cholesterol. Yes, exactly. Okay, Okay, so that's that's problematic. That's great. Yeah. So, but it gets me to stop daydreaming. I love it. See how it works? Because the only thing that's better for you than rewarding yourself with something good is rewarding yourself with something that's bad. Vice sizing. Okay. how do I get involved with this? Do I have to buy a DVD? Do I have to sign up on an email? Not yet. Okay. That's coming. Vice sizing, it starts with you make a list of your vices. Okay. You got to name it to lame it. Na- name, okay. Name it to Am I it. allowed to say that or will you sue me? Is that your. No, no, you t- no. You can say it. Okay. Just say TM at the end. Okay, okay, okay. You got to name it to lame it. Okay. So, like, you might be able to tell yourself that, like, I'm just texting my ex because I want to make sure he's safe. During COVID? During COVID. If you put it on your list of vices... Wait, because you know that is bullshit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. you, you, but but see, when you name it to lame it, you put it on your list of vices, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's not... You're not texting your ex to make sure that he's okay. Um, You're self-sabotaging by engaging with somebody who devalues you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you see how that works? You take a big step back. Right, exactly. So you make a list of all these things. It it doesn't have to be, I mean, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it's um, just endlessly doom scrolling social media Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or not doom scrolling. You want to see what that girl who face dances is up to. So you're going to go on. Do you not know what face dancing is? Sadly, no. no. No, it's like you just like you play a song and then you just go like, like that. Hmm. I know. Yeah. Okay. Or you go like this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you know, I guess uh, I don't know. I've three, four year olds, so maybe I don't know what face dancing is, but I now I do. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So there's that. You know. Um. Maybe it's picking, picking at your face. Well, or you speaking know? of faces. Speaking of faces, maybe okay. it's picking at your face. Um, maybe it's not exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's bad self-talk. Okay, you cool. Know? Or, um, obsessing about, you know, a particular part of your body you don't like this week. You mm-hmm. know, that goes on the list. Okay. Yeah, it could be, it could be a lot of these things. So you just make a list mm-hmm. and then you just start with like, just pick two. You know what I mean? But you need two vices to, s- two, you need two bad habits that you're currently engaged in to trade in on? Yeah, exactly. So you okay. start with two and you're like, which one do I really want to get rid of? Mm-hmm. In my case, it was daydreaming. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and make a pact with the devil and just not daydream this week and reward myself with just eating cholesterol. Just spoonfuls of cholesterol. Okay, cool. Yeah. vice sizing I love it. Thank you. Oh my God, you're welcome. Oh my God, thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> for your welcoming name. <laughs> Speaking of welcoming, welcome everyone to Act 3 of Deity Ladies. Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. There you go. Woohoo! Vicer size. <laughs> oh, all right. Vicer size. Vicer size. I had not heard that one before, but you know I'm going to be doing some vicer sizing right after this. Welcome to Act 3 of the Duffy Sisters podcast called Dating Ladies on Robert Greene's The Art of Seduction. Just a reminder that Part 1, also known as Act 1, is available and you should listen to it, as well as Act 2, which is also known as Part 2, and you will understand everything that happens in this Part 3 which is also known as Part C, by listening to those other two episodes in there right before this, wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you very much for listening to those. And a reminder that you can find more information and photographs and whatnot on social media by going to at the Poobel Twins. That's P-O-U-B-E-L-L-E Twins. I hope you know how to spell twins. Or at Dating Ladies. That's on Instagram. And the Duffy sisters have figured out how to connect their Instagram directly to Facebook. So you can also go to Facebook, find the Poo Bell twins, and look at the same exact stuff that you would see on Instagram right on over there. Uh, with the added bonus of a lot of stupid people talking about Trump right now. Okay, did you vote? Hope so. What else do we have coming up? We have the episode that you should listen to. Thank you so much and Also, I love you. I don't I don't usually say that, but I said it right now to you actually. I love you. I mean, there's no other way. Okay, I got to go. Thank you so much. Bye. And then you're just going to move on? <laughs> Okay. Hey, use silence to cultivate an enigmatic presence. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> People, shut up. I, Th- sh- I should be doing that more often. What? Yeah. You don't talk that much. Oh, boy. I shouldn't be talking that much. What are you talking about? Oh, no. I feel like I just talk too much sometimes. Th- that's not your problem. Really? Got, you have a lot of problems. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> but talking too much is not one of them? Good to know. Um, what else do we learn? We are really jumping around. D.H. Lawrence mm-hmm. was a dick. Oh, yeah. He nugged. I don't think I would like him. And now I, I don't know what to do about... Lady Chatterley. Yeah. Do you like that book? I did. Do I reread it or do I not waste my time? I, I read it and I really liked it. And then I read it the second time. And as soon as I was done with the, the sexy parts, I stopped reading it. Because <laughs> it turns into like this book about class. Mm, boring. Class, class. Yeah. Pay attention to detail. I think you should. Okay. Oh, oh, actually there's... In the intro to pay attention to detail, which is chapter 11, create spectacles to dazzle their eyes mesmerized by what they see. They will not notice what you're really up to. And again, I have that question. What are you really up to? I don't know. I mean, sexy time. Sexy time to what end? There is a bit in here along those lines, like whatever you're after in parentheses, uh, sex, power, et cetera, I think it says. Mm-hmm. Seduction that doesn't have real intimacy. I don't know how that translates to the bedroom how do you feel comfortable with somebody and like you were saying with your first boyfriend you didn't feel comfortable asking him for what you needed Mm -hmm. i never feel comfortable until i know someone really well and there's like a there's a real authentic bond yeah so is the seduction just what is that i don't know maybe it is whatever you think it is thank you you're welcome (laughs) um you're welcome Okay. Ooh, this reminded me of you, Barbara. On page 289, a quote from Lyndon Baines Johnson. You know, a man ain't worth a damn if he can't cry at the right time. Isn't that what you said? I did say that, but I have a note on that because he's saying to use it to manipulate oh, people. Okay, well, <laughs> that's not what I want. <laughs> um, oh, oh, here. Oh, the exact quote about Byron, by the way. Uh, he had an infamous underlook, slightly lowering his head and glancing upward at a woman making her tremble. Tremble, yeah. There's a lot of business in here about troubadours and knights mm. and I am so confused on this. Why? Because knights would find usually a married woman mm-hmm. and then they'd go do these crazy quests to prove their love, like it, cutting it, off their ears. Is that and, real or is it is it a story? He says it's real. Okay. It's medieval. You okay. know, troubadours and knights, okay. they would just do that. They'd cut off an ear? Or whatever. They'd go to extremes to prove their love and then... I told you this is a book for bored people. Yes. <laughs> oh, the uh, 17, effect a regression. People who have experienced a certain kind of pleasure in the past will try to repeat or relive it. The deepest rooted and most pleasurable memories are usually those from earliest childhood and are often unconsciously associated with a parental figure. We've mentioned before in this podcast that we we may be talking about children. I think that they, ours, our children, I think that all that stuff really does tie in because you are always the same person that you were when you're born. And yeah, this book talks a lot about how you your first impressions of men and women are with your parents. And the end of that little bit, it says the chance to have an intimate relationship with mommy or daddy, son or daughter. And I know those things always you think of like some disgusting like Woody Allen, like some foul, disgusting piece of shit, Woody Allen kind of guy. You Mm -hmm. know, what I mean, no, I do know what you mean. I was thinking like, Like my most exciting memory from childhood was when we were living in Taipei and my dad took me out. Did did we not mention we lived in Taipei before? (laughs) Well, we did live in three different countries before we turned six years old. (laughs) We did. We lived in Taipei. It's so funny. Our dad became so concerned about our safety and Just everything. So you're so overprotective here in America. But when we were six, we got sent to school where we'd have to get on a little school bus. Like they didn't want us at the expat school. They sent us on a school bus with all Taiwanese children. Zero reason for us to be going to school, by the way. We did not speak Mandarin. We were not there to learn Mandarin. Well, it's probably the most valuable experience we could possibly have as little white people. To be around Taiwanese and to be, well... The twin thing, you know, like yeah. we were these freaky white shambhaltae. Mm-hmm. But we were put on a bus every day and sent to school. We couldn't understand anything that happened in school. But wow, that's an experience everyone should have. <laughs> every yeah. white person should have. Yep. But uh he took me out one day and I remember being in a bookstore with him. So I was very tiny. And all of a sudden people start rushing around and picking up all the books because the books are stacked on the ground and moving them and through this grating, hundreds of cockroaches start screaming and it's raining outside. And they know that a typhoon is about to hit or it is hitting, but we just don't know yet. And the rain eventually fills up the street to the level that children, I saw children swimming in the street. Oh my God. It was crazy and he had to, the water was over his boots and he had to pick me up and it was the most exciting thing in the whole world to be that tiny and to have that experience. And yeah, I guess I am kind of looking for, I mean, I think about this like with wrestling, being picked up and thrown around, was that not fun? Yeah. There's something so. Look, Barbara, my husband weighs 120 pounds. That's never going to happen for me <laughs> again. <laughs> Maybe that's why I dated really for a long time. It was all about like people. You had to be over six foot three. There, you know, that Cause was one day a monsoon typhoon might happen yeah. and you, I need to go on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. The cockroach might come. But there is something like you're very tied to your initial experiences. And I don't know if this is still happening, but I just remember like at a certain point saying that like things that happened in your childhood don't affect you was all the rage. Mm. I'm just going to press forward. I don't think that's the case now. But. Oh, speaking of peppering your, your stories with foreign terms. A few days after the affair began, the imperial dentist arrived, Chez Pauline. Robert is guilty of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I will say, uh, when we were eating at... (laughs) (laughs) He was speaking a little bit about his next book, which is on the Sublime. And I just picked up the book that he had brought to read, because I thought I'd flip through it, and it was all in French. Yes, he's fluent. I know. Oh, Robert. That was was Vera who said that, not Barbara. (laughs) He lives his book. Um, oh... Yeah, this is really all over the place. On page 338, there's a story about Victor Hugo. Oh, yeah. Who wrote uh, Les Miserables. I had this tyrannical drama teacher, in my junior high, which was in the valley, which is where a lot of, I have Molly Ringwald's copy of Little Prince, you know, how you'd write your name in the book. Oh, yeah. Like, well, there are a lot of child stars would go to our school. They filmed License to Drive when we were in school there. Yeah. And we were hanging on the gates. No, they well, they had a trailer. with oh, the, the, the Corys. The two Corys yeah. were inside. And we all, all the girls gathered around and, Cory, Cory, Cory. And then I had a little slip of paper that our friend Michelle, that we uh-huh. mentioned before, slipped inside the trailer and then they passed it back out. And I have Corey Haim's <gasps> signature. You do? I do. Yeah, I remember during lunch we we're all like hanging on the gate because the trailer was parked on the street. But then after school, everyone was like hanging on the actual trailer, right? Yeah, we we're all like rocking it back and yes. forth. <laughs> Come out! We want you. <laughs> we we're rabid. Corey! Yeah, we we're all like twelve and thirteen in yeah. there, sixteen and seventeen. Did they it let was a dreamy? Did they let a girl in there? I don't know. In my memory, they let a girl in I don't there. think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. So I had this, the drama teacher, I'm sure, taught many students who went on to become far more famous than she ever was. She was bitter. Mm-hmm. And we did this like, our school through the decades, I got the part of the narrator, like I'd come in between the, me and this other girl. Mm-hmm. And I was very bored with that because we were just like presenting facts. And one of them was Les Miserables. And during rehearsal, I said... And he wrote, less miserables. And (laughs) she said, don't you dare say that. (laughs) You're gonna ruin it if you say that. And so, uh, yeah, I, during the performance, I came out and said, less miserables. (laughs) And the audience went crazy. They thought it was so funny. And I filed that away. As what I shall always do for the rest of my life. And that was the greatest lesson that she taught Yes, know? it was. And oh. she would not talk to me after. Sounded like she was more miserable. <laughs> um, oh, I read one thing. You know, I, I do generally consider myself unwooable. Um, maybe this is just because it's a story about Errol Flynn. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But Robert kept describing how he would seduce various women. And he mentioned that Errol would say their name a lot. And I'm a sucker for hearing my own name. I just, I'm, this is not a joke. It's not a bit. I feel it. I know. I I just like hearing my, if somebody just goes Vera and then just whatever the rest of the sentence is. Do you even hear it? Nope. (laughs) I don't. In the anti-seducer section, focus on other people. Yes, yeah. eye contact and say the name. Yeah. And you will get so far. But it was also... Don't her- you think so, Vera? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was Errol Flynn, and you know my history with Errol Flynn. Yeah, Lord Byron, Errol Flynn. Alexander Hamilton. No, Errol Flynn was the first guy I had a crush on. Uh-huh. The we- first first celebrity guy. Did you have a dream about him when you were nine? No, I was probably six, first of all. Okay. Okay. Where did you even see him? Robin Hood. Okay. And then this is a famous story. I asked my mom about him, (laughs) and she told me he was dead. (laughs) Aww. Yeah. Then we we were living with a family at that point, and uh, one of the girl's boyfriends, teenage girl's boyfriend, had a little mustache, and so I just became in love with him instead. He did kind of look like a tubby, (laughs) Errol Flynn. Um... Oh, at one point, the girl said, Do you want him to kiss you? (gasps) She (laughs) said, because I thought I was so slick. (laughs) And uh, I said, no, I was, I was just embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. He had like a nice little scar on his stomach. I remember that. From a sword fight, probably. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping around um, for the hot and cold coquette, just a little side note, page 69, the young Napoleon Bonaparte, 26 at the time, had no interest in such revelries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He'd just done some amazing things for the France. Um, I was just thinking, like... What 26-year-old hasn't? Well, I mean, it is entirely possible that if Napoleon was only 26 at this time, that Sherry Argoff could have written her masterpiece at 22. No. Also, jumping around, page 49, The Dandy. There's a story about Count d'Orsay... Mm -hmm. At a London club one night, a Rothschild, who was notoriously cheap, accidentally dropped a gold coin on the floor and then bent down to look for it. The count immediately whipped out a thousand-franc note, worth much more than the coin, rolled it up, lit it like a candle, got down on all fours as if to help light the way for the search. Is he available? I know. (laughs) (laughs) That is the funniest troll. That is a a vintage trolling. There's some really beautiful... (laughs) specifics the kind of stuff that i just love this um, book is a jaunt through literature and history yeah oh oh there's also another um the danger of the dandy being impudent was um there's an example of beau brummel one night at a dinner the prince oh he was his main social patron was the prince of wales one night at a dinner the prince rang for the butler and brummel snidely remarked do ring big ben <laughs> because uh he had gained some weight <laughs> And then he was shown out and never spoken to again. <laughs> that reminded me of when I was in sixth grade and there was. Do you remember how sixth grade, how elementary school was fairly idyllic? Aside from the teacher who had the little boy sit in the center of a group of kids and have them all yell at him. Aside from the teacher who tied up our friend and put him in a closet with With a a jump jump rope. rope. Yeah. Aside from the, so the teachers are bad. Yeah, the um, teachers sucked up until fifth grade. Yeah. And then we had two mysterious gals rode into town. And they rode into town on their horses of money. No, one of them. One of them didn't have money, one of them did. Who? Heather they were like yeah, Heather didn't and Leo oh. did. And they were like these opposing forces. Yeah. And um yeah, it was crazy. The whole social dynamic changed. Yeah. I was kind of led into the rich girls' world, and there was this moment when we're all. Si- I could tell you exactly where we're sitting in the auditorium, and she was surrounded by her little sycophant friends, including me. And um, what she was sensitive about was her weight, mm-hmm. and um, to kind of like knock her down a little bit. there's a joke that she was a, a BFF, not just a BF, a baby fat friend. Aww. And no, she was mean. And it was one of those moments where, like, I called her a BFF, thinking that everyone would laugh, and it was just like dead silence everybody's I, fans went up yes <laughs> i was um and the marquise and the <laughs> um and yeah she uh she uninvited me to her um sixth grade graduation party and then my boyfriend who was in who lived down the street from her in in the hollywood hills uh, broke up with me in because over all over BFF yes because it was a so it was totally like the French court in the 1700s and it, where was I you were a little pauper I was a little you were sad and yeah. dirty in the streets but uh-huh. you were saved from all this garbage this courtier garbage <laughs> thank you Marquise, for, <laughs> for appreciating my lowly status and how I should just be thankful that I wasn't oh. are you talking to me <laughs> you're right Barbara I was saved from that stuff I didn't know how good I had it in the gutter uh, yeah. With the uh, with the bubonic plagues, mm-hmm. something about uh, look, being in a gutter to looking up at the stars. Like, <laughs> you know that thing I am talking about. I think it's on a fridge magnet I somewhere. I do. Yeah, yeah I that's do. where you were. That's where I was. Yeah. If you want to know what it's like being a twin, there is that's a little bit of it right there. <laughs> I cannot tell you guys apart, but I like you and not you. <laughs> well, you were you decided you were ugly. No, I was told I was ugly, but you believed it. I did. And it's made all the difference in my life because I developed a personality. I the <laughs> personality. <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> uh, can you cut? cut yeah, every, I'm cutting every all last of bit of that. Yeah, Thank it's you. All going away. Yeah. Wait. Oh wait, there, oh wait. No, I have something yeah, to say. Okay, is no, that all right? No, it's not okay. <laughs> What is it? At the end, I think Robert inadvertently gives some really good advice on marriage and breaking up with people. Um, Maintain mystery. Familiarity is the death of seduction. Yeah, you should maybe still do that a little bit in your marriage. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but maintain lightness. Seduction is a game, not a matter of life and death. There will be a tendency in the post phase to take things more seriously and personally and to whine about behavior that does not please you. I'd say you can keep that going. In marriage. Yeah. The post phase for me, you know, is the um, 19 and a half years that followed our courtship. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he talks about breakups. I mentioned this a little earlier, but avoid the slow burnout. Often one person becomes disenchanted, but lacks the courage to make the break. Instead, he or she withdraws inside. As an absence, this psychological step may inadvertently reignite the other person's desire and a frustrating cycle begins a pursuit and retreat. Everything unravels slowly once you feel disenchanted and know it is over End it quickly without apology. Yeah, that's me and Marlon just like that. Spiraling into hell with the... Yeah, it's, a, it's the kind thing to do. It is the kind thing to do. Have I said this before? How much I hate when someone goes like, I don't want to break her heart, man. She loves me so much. Ooh. Or like, that's never... No. If that's if, you being a coward and yeah. wanting to do and it. If you're at that point, then no one is happy anyway. There's no way that that your partner is happy if you're already if you're not in that loving place. Yeah, yeah. You don't stay with somebody out of pity. If you're doing that, it's because you just don't have the balls or the ovaries to to pull the trigger. Um, do wait, you have more to say? Because I can talk a little bit about the very ending. Do you have another point, Barbara? I would like to say that there's two stories in here that I wish weren't in here. What are they? There's the Shahrazad story. King Fuckface murders a virgin every night until Scheherazade outwits him. I don't, just don't, I just don't. Is that a real story? It's a real story. Is it? It's a story. No, oh, it's a real story. You don't need to read about virgins getting I killed? I just don't, I just don't think that stuff needs to be, look, no one reads books anymore. No one knows shit that's not on TikTok. Like, let <laughs> some stories die. You know what I mean? Um, um I, Well, you know, this book was written 20 years ago, so I wonder if, if Robert wrote it today, if there's anything he would change. What mm-hmm. do you think? I have no idea. How would we know that? I don't know. In the reversal for the back to the letters thing, mm-hmm. God, it just sounds like so fun. I want to do some of the seducing. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like I thought about this one guy who was, um, I was at a job and we never made a connection while I was there, but yeah. I, I knew he was kind of interested in me. And so we went out one night and I like had started this whole seductive process with him. Like I thought it'd be really mm-hmm. fun. And we went out for a drink, and he talked about himself the whole time. And we just like we didn't have a connection. And I was very shy. Like I was, I was intimidated, even though I wanted to, you know, something this to turn into something. Mm -hmm. And then that night, like he walked me to the door, and he was like, "Can I come up?" Yeah, okay. I was like, "No," you know, (laughs) I don't. You've activated zilch in me, you know. Yeah, it would be so unfulfilling to read the womb. You know what I mean? oh really yeah exactly though like it has to be more than just i'll fill up an hour and a half of chatter don't you know though barbara that people who that that gave him a really good feeling about everything because he got to talk about himself so he was feeling good you're right you're absolutely right and the fact that i like smiled and laughed and yeah he was probably feeling like he'd really made yeah that he just everything was turning up uh this dude god i hadn't thought about that yeah before we wrap up I, this book really reminded me of my favorite study ever on rhesus monkeys, mm. which happened in 2005, I think, where these monkeys were given cherry juice, varying amounts of cherry juice, mm-hmm. and they could... Which is the monkey currency. Yes. Uh-huh. And they could... Monk Mon-cur- currency. Monk currency, and they could give up some of their cherry juice to either see powerful monkeys... <laughs> the face of a powerful monkey a photo not even a real monkey a celebre monkey yes or the hindquarters of a female monkey mm. and they would give up more cherry juice to see a more powerful monkey and they would give up some cherry juice but not as much to see a less powerful monkey <laughs> and we are fucking wait, wait, where did the butts fall in though um and they'd give they give a fair amount for a butt too okay okay we're fucking rhesus monkeys you know <laughs> we are like that's that's instagram that's I don't know TMZ that's all that garb like if I don't know the answer to like what the seduction is it's we're fucking monkeys giving up cherry juice <laughs> to stare at butts and, and cel- celebrity monkeys yes we are though Aww. that makes more sense to me like p- putting this book in that context makes more sense to me than just getting a having a fuck you know like that's what seduction is it's returning to your animalistic roots so how would you like to wrap up well this, this has been a crazy podcast that's true We've jumped all over. My brain has grown three sizes just by learning about all of these fantastic seducers and seduces. Yeah, and there's so much history in here and big words, and um, it's fun. I don't take it literally. No, don't. It's just it's just a romp. You know yeah. I mean? there, there is some language in here. I don't know. Do you think Robert would update this language if he wrote it? I do have unanswered questions about this book. I really do. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me just make a... Phone call, hold on, okay. I don't speak to you in a French accent. Are you comfortable with us using these weird American?
1: Oui, mais mais je vais reprendre en français, donc. Mm. On devrait se parler en français, si ça vous gêne pas. Oui, je pourrais le faire. D'accord. <clears throat> D'accord. Bon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Merci.
1: Hello, I, I don't see.
0: I just have one question.
1: You have one question.
0: I really just have the one question.
1: Okay, go ahead. The
0: first example that you give when we start the second half about the actual the seductive process, the first example you give is that uh, the one from Dangerous Liaisons, and everybody in that example kind of meets a terrible fate. And I didn't really realize that the first time I read it, was that a conscious choice? Because it's sort of telling you that if you continue with this book, you'll maybe end up dead or humiliated. Well,
1: I have some news for you, uh, Vera. We all end up dead. (laughs) Oh, well, that is true. (laughs) I didn't know if you knew that, but that is sort of true.
0: La, 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 la,
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) la. But anyway, uh, and if you do read the book, you will end up dead at some point.
0: There should be a disclaimer on the front. Oh my God!
1: I have no idea. I mean, it, yeah. You know, I'm not of the Valentine's Day chocolates and roses kind of person, you know, when I approach seduction. Seduction, I think, has a, has to have a slight transgressive, even a slight touch of evil about it. otherwise, it's not seductive. So the fact that you know, love and death are often paired together in literature and in poetry, you know, it was a fine association for me and that stuff happens. But the point of re- of choosing that story was not that they were going to die. It's that he chose her because it was a challenge because this isn't normally the kind of woman he tries to seduce. She's a prude. Yeah. So it's an incredible challenge. And it's someone who's the opposite of him. So the idea in that story is the person that you choose to seduce or you choose to fall in love with shouldn't be just like the obvious choice. It shouldn't be like shooting fish in a barrel. If you're a real seducer, you want a challenge. You want somebody that nobody else would try to seduce. It's going to really train you and bring out the best of your seduction skills. And also with someone who's very different from you, there can be an incredible kind of spark and charge between you because... By the time he actually does seduce the Président, it's incredibly powerful, right? Because he had to go through so many hurdles. He had to do the impossible to seduce a prude like that. So it's much more powerful in the end than if he had chosen like a libertine woman in the 18th century France, so.
0: Well, that story was, would be over very quickly, right? If it was- Yes,
1: it would be. Yes, yes it would be. Yeah. So that's sort of the main point. Not that, not that you're gonna die if you do a seduction but you will die at some point, you know. as I said before.
0: Well, I mean, I'm glad I read this book then, because <laughs> what about shunning from society? Is that something you might expect if you were to engage in, in the lessons of this book?
1: Well, um, it's possible, particularly these days with social media, and if you say the wrong thing, you could be ostracized and sent off to some island somewhere.
0: Are you talking about cancel culture?
1: Uh, Yeah, a little bit, just the general atmosphere. A lot of people think that this book is kind of evil in that it's like men preying on women. And I have to explain to them that half the stories in the book are women seducing men. I have several gay seductions. I have a transsexual seduction, right? So it's not about men picking up women. I really don't like pickup artists and the pickup artist scene. In fact, I say that seduction was something invented by women. It's kind of an art they created and kind of refined. So it's not a book for predatory males because, you know, if you're using the pickup art, those are just like gimmicks. Whereas seduction is, is like a real kind of psychological penetration. I might have, I hate to, sorry, I used that word, but um, the I don't know if I used this before in our last interview, but it's so funny because the pickup artist thing was really big in LA about 18 years ago or something like that. And all the women I know who I talked to, they knew every single move because every man had tried it on them, like the nagging and things like that. So that it was totally useless after like a few months because everybody knew what was coming. It was so predictable. That's not what my book is about. So is that the end of the questions? Am I done?
0: Well, I was curious if, uh, since it's been 20 years almost since this book was published, do you yeah. have any... Thing that you would regret? Like, do you have any yeah, searing regrets about what you've written?
1: No, moi je ne regrette rien. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, maybe some of the things that I've gotten a little bit of flack for from from feminists, uh, I would maybe soften the language a little bit. So it seems that I'm advocating, you know, taking the person you're trying to seduce and isolating them on an island, getting them away from their family. And I almost like abducting them, which wasn't, that's the story with Rita Hayworth and Ali Khan, which really wasn't the point of it. So maybe I would have been a little more careful with my language. Maybe not, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would change much. In fact, I kind of predicted some things when I talked about the new prudery in that chapter on the types now, the anti-seducers. And we seem to see a lot of new prudery in the world today. The early 2000s were a lot different from now. So the book, it doesn't seem passé because seduction will always be there. But the spirit is a little different these days. And I think to be a seducer and to be seductive is actually even more transgressive because of the culture, because everyone's supposed to be so honest and authentic You're not supposed to play games. You're just supposed to be who you are. You know, if anything, people are more apt to be seduced because they have so many guards and walls up and they're so nervous and and worried. And and so there's much more material for seducing, I think, now than ever before.
0: Good answer. Good answer.
1: Yeah. What do I get for it?
0: Um, Well, you don't have to write a second edition, number
1: one. Uh, Don't worry
0: about that. Maybe do we have any other questions for Robert while we have him? We're never going to get him again. He's very, very difficult. Oh, I know. I mean, he's also difficult to get.
1: (laughs) Well, that's part of being seductive.
0: That's true. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) How many years have we waited to find an excuse to get Robert to talk to us again? Well, we had to invent this entire podcast just to do this. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Oh, I really
1: believe that. You had me on like about eight years ago, if I remember correctly, or seven years.
0: Ago. At eight, it was two thousand and twelve, and we just re-listened to that. It's so delightful. Oh really? Yeah. That's we talk good. about idiocracy a bit, and boy, oh boy, has has all that come true.
1: Oh idiocracy, yeah. Talk
0: about mastery and some and some of the. Oh my
1: God. Oh my God. And the uh, stupidity is unbelievable. I just did a podcast about irrationality and I never mentioned Trump, but it's obviously about him. And then the comments in there, because there's so many people who believe it's conspiracy. It's a hoax was just filled with these insane irrational comments from people just sort of proving what I was trying to say. So yeah, it's idiocracy, unfortunately.
0: How is uh, the- your sublime book coming?
1: Well, I've just started the writing like two days ago. And it's it's a slog. I mean, um, the first chapter is kind of has a lot of science in it, like physics and astrophysics. And I don't want to be come off as like an idiot speaking of idiocracy. So I have to combine all of these books, and I'm not a physicist, as you know, so uh, I'm kind of a little bit over my head, and I'm trying to be careful. Once I get over that hurdle, the rest of the book should come a lot more easily, but reading the book should be the equivalent of several ayahuasca trips, you know.
0: My goodness, wow. (laughs) Have you taken taken ayahuasca? No,
1: no, no. Those days are over. I took everything else Uh when I was Younger, you know, peyote, mescaline, hash, mustard, the whole thing, but never, uh, never ayahuasca. I'm afraid now.
0: Yeah, it looks kind of. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to sign up for vomiting, and you know that's going to happen.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you probably get enough of that around your house anyway.
0: <laughs> Are you saying that my child throws up a lot?
1: I don't know. Don't children <laughs> throw up? I mean, cats throw up. Maybe I'm just thinking about cats.
0: You have a new kitty, don't you? Or is it not new? We again?
1: have two. We have two now. They're brothers. They, well, they're not really brothers. They're step brothers, but they act like brothers. They kind of sleep on top of each other and stuff like that. The younger one is so obnoxious. I've been doing interviews in here on Zoom, and he just comes in and knocks the iPhone off and does all this stuff, so I kind of keep him out of the room.
0: Barbara, we, we probably only have Robert for another second. Is there anything okay. else we need to... Um, I guess you could just tell us how much you miss us and then we yeah know, if you want to how, how excited you are to be on our show. And...
1: Uh, it's been every day I think about how much I miss the Pooh Bells twins and the hole in my heart and how I don't think I'll ever get over the fact that this is only the second podcast in what 5,000 years that I've done with you guys. Yeah. I don't know there's maybe more years than that but so yeah it's it's pretty deep and Pretty earth shattering, but I'll get over it at some point. Okay. Excuse me, my eye is watering right now.
0: It's okay, just let it out. Just let it out.
1: No, it's not that.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for squeezing us into your busy schedule. Yes.
1: Well, anytime. I'm always available for a squeeze, and you ladies have a, a wonderful, you know, lockdown, and uh, stay safe. You too. And I'll see you in like another eight or 20 years or whatever it is, right? Okay, Dufi, on se verra tout à l'heure, j'espère. Oui. Oui. Que tout va bien avec vous. Oui, avec les enfants.
0: Il est chats, pour toi.
1: Oui, merci bien. Et avec les bruits et tout ça. All right, ladies. I see you soon. OK, okay take care. Bye bye.